Bit of trivia. The human body, when drained of most of its blood, will oftentimes stop working. You know that's right. It's episode six, season three of this podcast and of Psych, and it starts right about mm, now. I've heard it both ways. 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 You screwed me up by switching the boxes there, Billy. I want point this way, that point that way. Anyways, welcome back to I've Heard It Both Ways. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe, and riding shotgun in the blueberry with me, as always, is the plasma drinking, cape wearing, holy water blessing, woo, garlic throwing, silver chain buying, next second, son of a gun, and he's having a hard time keeping those alligators down. Woo, Billy, my guy, how's it going? Neck or a butcher? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Neck sucking son of a gun is a quick tongue twister. To say the oh least. my god! It is a uh... <laughs> so we're doing this episode sucks, which is ironic because it does not. No, anything but sucks. This episode is tremendous. And before we get into the the guts, do you say guts or guts guts? guts. guts. Of the episode, Billy, remind the people of our wonderful process. You want to know our process? You want to know our process? Well, <laughs> usually starts with a holla and ends with a creamsicle. And then if there's time in between, Thundercats. Ho! Ho! Oh, my voice just cracked. <laughs> I'm 42 going on 13. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I got to tell you something. So um, before we get going, a little sidebar here. I've been a long, uh, big fan of the long drink, the, the Finnish mm. long drink. Uh, it is essentially a fresca with gin in it, and it is delicious. Delicious. See, I can't talk. I've had too many. Well, no, I well, like delicious. It's like a delish. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, hey. Anyways, fresca <laughs> said, fuck those guys. <laughs> We're going to do this shit ourselves. And they're now making an alcoholic beverage, and I'm trying one. The mango, I got to tell you, uh, a little sweet. It's got a little just a touch too much of that fake sweetness to it, but still very good. I've tried the mango. I can't wait to run the gamut here. Maybe I'll do that before the show and and really uh, uh, <laughs> get confused here. But Billy, and just a that- tinge. Uh, uh, how about a fresca? I love fresca, by the way. That was my mom's favorite soda growing up. Delicious, absolutely delicious. Refreshing, uh, very refreshing. Uh, but uh, Psych Season Six, Episode Three. This episode sucks. Billy, this is an episode that I've always loved, but I forget just how funny it is. It's one I often watch because it is so good. It's the one where we get Marlo. We get, honestly, Jules doesn't have, she's in this episode a lot and she has some good lines, but her reacting to Sean and Gus in this episode, I think is her best work of the series so far because her faces even like when woody does the uh, line that i did in the open you know will oftentimes stop working her like thinking face is great every (laughs) face she makes like when she comes in when they're interviewing lucian and she just looks at them like they're children yeah fantastic stuff it it really is and you know this is this is, I think, the first time where she's really had to play the straight man, the straight person. A little uh, bit the, in the last one. Like we're yeah. coming off of two zany, um, if you will, uh kind of Carlton episodes. Yeah, but she is like just bam, she is like in full mom mode 
over a bunch of children that are Sean, Gus, and Lassie, uh, and even Woody, uh, to a, a small extent in this episode. And she's great. She nails it. Her reactions, her frustrating, uh, her frustrations, uh, her just like exasperations. Like, mm-hmm. why am I the only sane person here? Like when Lassie all of a sudden says, I have personal matters to attend to. She's like, you don't have personal matters yeah. to attend to, right? Like everything about it, all the, the little nuances uh, from her performance in this episode was great. And that's what's awesome about this episode, because as great as she was, she pales in comparison to Lassie, Sean, Gus, and even uh, one of the uh, guest appearances in this episode knocks mm-hmm. it out of the park. So uh, before we dive into some more of our quick thoughts, a quick synopsis. Lasseter is approached by a beautiful woman who seems interested in him, and then she disappears. Sean and Gus investigate a string of murders which appear to have been committed by a vampire. Lassie's new girlfriend seems mysterious. They could have left that last line out. Didn't need it. Mm. That was a nice, tight synopsis. Uh, You didn't quite need that last line there. But Mm. anyways, um, this is, I think, the first episode... You're, you're talking about back-to-back bangers here, right? With um, last night, Gus, and then this one. And so what we're what we're starting to see here early on in season six is more of a spotlight put on Gus because we really didn't get a whole lot of Gus-centric stuff in season five. No, it's been a while. Yeah. So Gus was absolutely fucking nails in this episode. Everything about him was absolutely perfect. Well, they make the reference that, you know, you didn't want to hunt a werewolf. Yes. Okay. He, he'll kick some wispy vampire ass. Yeah. I mean, his his excitement. Uh, no, let me do it. <laughs> when like, yeah. they're about to reveal it, his excitement. Suck it. Like, his ex- I, I think that's my Twitter banner photo is them getting ready to announce it. it. It's such a great moment in the series. It's so, yeah, it is. It's where they're making the vampire faces. It's so much fun. Because I'm trying to remember what when was the last episode where we got like all in Gus, right? Because I don't think it was quite as quite as far back as Sean and Gus versus the Red Phantom. No, um, it might have right. It might have been, uh, you know, the um, give me a second. I'll pull up the episode. The, the space one, right? Um, but like, it's been a very long time since we've seen Gus like go all in, and he shines. But um, a very close to him is Lassie in this episode because Lassie lets his guard down, lets his hair down a bit, but it does so many Lassie like things in this episode too. Uh, um, Academy where they go all in on the bing, bing. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. That's true. But <laughs> a little not, bit, a little bit, not to this level. Right. And so what I, what I'll say quickly about this episode is right. It, it's, it's very heavy on the humor. It's very heavy on the character work, which we love. Um, the main plot is fine. Like, I didn't mind it. It was fine. Like, it served its purpose. Uh, but what this episode did was it really continued that string of, um, you know, really injecting a lot of comedy, you know, in, in into Psych. But, again, the introduction of Marlo, which is going to become sort of an emotional center, emotional rock uh, for Lassie, uh, where she remains, not just for the rest of the series. Now, she's not prominent, but she is here and there, more so this season. But I think it's the, the third movie, right? When Lassie gets gets up and walks and he walks to Marlo. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, it gets me. I think that's episode, I think that's um number two. Is it number two? I believe I so. can't I can't remember. Yeah, uh 
yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But that 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 gets me right. Holy smokes, that is such mm-hmm. an impactful scene there. So and some sneaky um Republican propaganda thrown in this episode. Oh, a, a ton, which is great. That's 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 Lassie being Lassie. So well, that's also uh, maybe a nod to Christy Swanson being very oh, conservative yeah, herself. F- fucking wing nut uh, for <laughs> show. Um, but but unless you've got anything else to add, what I, what I will say is that. This was very clearly uh, had all the elements of a James Roday directed episode, which takes us to Billy. The right Howl. Director. Howl. We're just going to have played in the background the entire time. It's a good one. But, but who's the writer director of this episode there, William? It is James Rode Rodriguez, uh, as he has changed his name to that. And we got Tuesday the 17th, Mr. Yeard presents the Polarizing Express, which we all know mm-hmm. is the only bump of the road there. This episode sucks. Here comes Lassie. Uh, Lassie Jerky, D's Nups, which is, it's okay, and Nightmare on State Street. I don't know if you remember that one because it's season eight. I that don't. episode is hilarious. It has some of the funniest shit. Uh, who's the guy who directed um, the newest Spider-Man and all the, the horror movies? Oh, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. He's in it. He, did you know that? Oh, he's in the episode. Did I know that? I, I do. I, I could tell you this is one I've only watched once. Season eight. I've only watched those episodes once. Oh, my God. So, I've watched uh, some of those episodes like 30 times. Uh, that one <laughs> I probably watched like 10. It's pretty hilarious. Like that is directing wise. That's one of his maybe one of his better ones. The Bella Twins are in that episode. It's It's good. Uh, so I remember the Bella Twins being in an episode, so it'll, it'll probably come back to me at some point. But yeah, this had all like all the elements. Like you know, you know a James Roday episode because the music's on point. It's got that creepy factor, the tension, right? The the build up, the uh-huh. suspense. He he nails. And so I will say the opening song, a little too on the nose. I don't mind uh, it sometimes when it's on the nose. Oh, well, it was uh, on the nose. Uh, yeah, uh, Rat in a Cage, Smashing Pumpkins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It fit. It's I good. liked it. It fit. Yeah. It fit. I sometimes yeah. like because he's so, you know, not mainstream. Right, 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 right. That right. I figured he might have gone a little bit, you know, left of center. But it's it still it's a great song. Like it's a song you want to edit to and like make a montage to. So yeah. Yeah, it fits, but you're you're hundred percent right on it because he's more indie music, more like mm-hmm. you know, he's the Wilco's of the world and band mm-hmm. of horses. We've heard a yeah. few times and smashing pumpkins definitely is uh, fairly mainstream. So written very, Oh, oh a big classic. That takes me back to uh, middle school, that album, uh, melancholy and the infinite sadness um, writers on this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Steve Franks, Todd Harthen and James Rode Rodriguez. A mm-hmm. um, couple of guest stars, as you mentioned, Christy Swanson, who plays Marlo uh, Vicelio. Um, who Mac and I once got um, to acknowledge us on Twitter for talking mm-hmm. about a certain photo shoot she did, which we were being very respectful of, uh, mind you. Mm-hmm. Tasteful. And, uh, very tasteful. Very tasteful. And then what you, you cannot have a vampire episode, Mac, uh, without one Corey Feldman. Oh, my God. He is amazing in this, dude. <laughs> he is It's tremendous. a short window. And it's also the second time we get a Nate Burkus reference. The first time, the first time I believe was from Jules in the babysitter episode. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Burkus. Yes. The Burkus. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Fucking, he's great. Uh, Corey Feldman, uh, you know, 
he, you know, as an actor, you know, especially in the eighties and in early nineties, you know, it was great to see him here, but every now and then I'll be scrolling through uh Tic Tac, uh, as the kids say, and like, I'll just come across a random, like, I don't know why it's in my algorithm, but, but Corey Feldman, like doing his Michael Jackson shit, like on stage. And it is, it's a hard watch. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a hard watch for, for, for Mr. Feldman. But anyways, um, let's, let's kick things off here again. Another episode, no flashback scene. Perfect. Love it. Don't need those little shits to start my show. Uh, so the episode starts with Lassie at a bar, mm-hmm. and he is uh, approached by an attractive lady. And what I love about this is <laughs> I put this on uh, as one of my favorite moments from the episode because this this interaction, this scene, to kick off the show, because you really have no idea because it doesn't kick off with a murder, doesn't kick off with a crime. It's Lassie sitting at a bar drinking Jack Daniels by himself. And this 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 beautiful woman approaches him and he looks at her and he goes, she knows his name, which mm-hmm. is is sus to begin with. But then he says his response is, are you a prostitute? Fucking killed me. <laughs> because and she's, you know, red dress, red lipstick. She's putting the yeah. lipstick on right in front of them uh, as, you know, uh, Batty Day would tell you that is not proper etiquette, so she's not a lady. Uh, but it's a great little opener there, and I love the back and forth. It's really good chemistry. Even the bartender, I love. Like she yeah. has a good back and forth. Like this opening scene is really good. But what we establish here is that she knows a lot about Lassie. Lassie, like, lets the right one or the wrong one in right away, and then when he goes to ask her for her info, she takes a bathroom break. Yeah, she goes. She goes to powder her nose, if you will, and I love that they were also bonding over Clint Eastwood films, right? Heartbreak Ridge, which we've gotten many references to before on the show. Um, but she goes to the bath, and she's been in there for a while. And the bartender, I love the like I said, the, <laughs> the back and forth, you know, because she's kind of giving it to Lassie. And she's like, well, maybe she's doing this. She's, maybe she's with another man. Her delivery <laughs> of that line is really good. It was absolutely fantastic. So Lassie just he, he walks the. He gets up, goes to the bathroom. Now there's a long line of women banging on the door, trying to get in. They can't get in. So he kicks the fucking door in, but not before the lady in the front says, hey, watch it, Flat Stanley. No, that's even better than that. You blind, Flat Stanley? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he flashes the badge and goes, get. <laughs> and he kicks the door in. He goes in there. Windows open. She's gone. So... You get, you know, you, you sort of like get this panned out camera view um, and you see Lassie just sort of sitting at the bar. You're, you're kind of feeling bad for him, right? Because he, he 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 opened his heart and uh, he was once again, uh, you know, just, you know, made a fool of. And so like that was a great like opening scene because it, it shows sort of many sides of Lassie there. You see vulnerable Lassie, you see asshole Lassie, you see, uh, you know. Uh, smitten lassie year. right you get it you get it all like his, his his ability to show all that range was great and then we we sort of flashed to the next scene where we're at a parking lot at night and mm. this is where you get Rode's influence right off the bat because you get that music it's very ominous uh it's creating suspense uh suspense suspense and tension um you see the guy in the car it's a sort of classic horror movie stuff where you know, all, all you kind of zooming in on the guy, and all of a sudden you just kind of see he sees something, but you don't know what he sees. He freaks out, and then bam, 
cut to the next scene. It's that same parking lot. It's the next morning. And the man from that scene, he did, Billy. Mm-hmm. He did. Drink him like a juice box. Uh- yeah, great line. <laughs> <laughs> I also they do the thing in this they do it in the uh the werewolf episode too they do it in the horror episodes it's the pause on a still and slowly zoom in which as an editor to me that's lazy I know it's kind of an old school horror effect I, I don't care for it but I get what they're doing there but the little convo that they have back and forth about follow or pharaoh uh, we tweeted out a clip of it it's a great <laughs> little bit of wordplay there, but pharaoh most definitely is a word. It means to birth yeah. a calf or litter of pigs. Why would I tell Sean not to birth a calf or <laughs> a litter of pigs? <laughs> like it's his. Uh, I don't know response. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just from that moment on, this episode doesn't let up right especially especially in the in the comedy department and what i love here is that okay you you've got you've got uh sean you've got lassie you've got jules and then all of a sudden lassie comes in and and, and he's first he's talking to buzz he's mm-hmm. like did you find her who the girl i told you to look for she's pale well, you're perfect you didn't give me much to go on. She's pale. She's blonde. She's beautiful. She's perfect. She's something. She's perfect, right? <laughs> and so give me a name and in. get me an address. And get me some aspirin. Right. And he walks over and he goes, what are these two guys doing on my crime scene? Right? And perfect. So now he's back to being Lassie. He walks over to the dead body, right? And what I love this is because as he's walking over the dead body and kind of looking it over, you see Sean and Gustin like, pale? Bite marks on the neck? Check the neck. Check the wrist. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden, Gus starts doing a thing where he's jumping up and down, right? And and he's getting real excited. And then right before the, 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 the chicanery happens, there's something in this guy's hand, right? Lassie opens the guy's hand, sees that he's clutching a necklace. This happens to be the same necklace that Marlo was wearing in the scene just prior. So now he's like, oh, shit. So now he has extra reason to find this woman. Uh, and we... <laughs> We get some of the best guests here that we've gotten, um, maybe all series long, Billy. <laughs> it's great. He's like, you do it. Let me do it. <laughs> and yeah, they go yeah. back and forth. And yeah. Sean's like ready to, you're not going to do it. Uh, Suki is mine. <laughs> but like Sean's speech do, like, ladies and gentlemen, I must ask you to brace yourself when I'm about to respond, just not for the faint of heart. It's bold with a zesty, salty finish. <laughs> you're not up against line. a meal morally here. It's unbelievable. Like his little like hype up to it. They reveal yeah. it's a vampire. Gus goes nuts. Uh, and then Lassie agrees. And yeah. we know that's kind of coming. At least we can see it coming maybe a little bit. And then, you know, he walks off and, you know, it goes. The next scene is to the police station where they're like, you know, Sean does the, you know, I've always wanted Lassie to be on board with one of my harebrained ideas. But now that he is, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And I love too, like we talked about when Gus is all in, Gus is all in. So he shows up and he's got like his Batman utility belt. Oh, yeah. It's got wooden stakes and it's got clover. I mean, it's got uh, cloves of garlic on it <laughs> and, you know, just various bits of silver. Like he's he's ready. And this is where Sean makes like, man, you didn't even get this excited. We were hunting werewolves. <laughs> no, but he is this prepared because when they were going, what was it? The Egyptian mummies. He's like, you could buy Wolfsbane in bulk. <laughs> like he's yeah, always right. ready. In bulk. Yeah. Uh, and then, so <laughs> they go to the, uh, <laughs> they go to the, uh, uh, the corner room there with Woody and uh, Necro Butcher. 
Ryan, Ryan Philippe. Philippe. We're coming. Your name is Baloney. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's another, a great little oh, back and forth. That's, we'll get to that because I added that down. I I, <laughs> I added that we're gonna do that back and forth, but that was great. But they're in there, and you know Woody's Woody's doing his thing, and this is where he says a bit of trivia: when a body is drained of all of its blood, it generally stops working. And again, another case where Jules is just like Woody cut the shit. She's trying to play it straight. And uh, and, and Johnny goes, could, could this be the result of uh, a vampire? And Jules goes, Woody, don't answer that. It's and he given, goes, really? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Woody, what did I just say? Right. It was it was so perfect. So like they're just like really nailing it. And, and, and Jules is really the perfect you know, person to play this role to kind of like be the, the one that's got like the sound mind here. Hmm. Um, although Henry is great later on when he comes into it. Um, so Lassie storms off. He's like, I've got personal matters to do. And everyone's like, what the, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Something is weird here. And so he's going around to local jewelry shops and he walks into this place. That's another thing about this episode. They do well. The puns are tremendous. This episode. We get two of the best businesses that are fake. Yeah. We get bling Crosby's. <laughs> Which is a tremendous name uh, for a business. So, you know, Lassie's trying to see if he can maybe find, you know, which shop may have sold, you know, this particular um, necklace. And, you know, maybe it might lead him to to Marlowe so he can figure out what's going on. So he gets there and, you know, the shop owner is obviously no help. And the only thing that really comes out of this scene is that the guy is like, oh, uh, how about you sell me that watch for far less than what it's worth? Mm -hmm. And then Lassie gets the idea. He, he re- recalls back that she touched his watch with her hand, with her thumb. So he breathes on it, right? Great bit of detective work. He sees that there's a fingerprint that's on there. He's able to lift it, uh, which then uh, gives him his next lead on where to go. But before we get to that, Billy, we, we I think we get to. Now, initially, I'm going to say this is the scene of the episode. But well, there's also, a moment- quickly, that was our unsub. Well, Billy, we don't want to, you know, you, you know, why buy the cow when you get the milk for free now? I mean, come on. <laughs> I think people have seen the episode. <laughs> well, well, but some people haven't. Okay. You know, we try, we're trying to build some suspense here. Uh, but yes, yes. Uh, which was great. I loved how they did that, by the way, because mm-hmm. this could have just been some no name schlub and then the reveal could have been, you know, but anyways, uh, I have marked this down initially as the best scene of the episode, but there's a moment that happens later that I think one ups it just mm-hmm. a bit. And that's another thing that you put out on video earlier. But um, while Lassie's following his lead, Jules is following some leads of her own. And that is to go to local bar- vampire style bars to maybe see if they can get a lead somewhere. So she shows up <laughs> and this might be, the greatest reveal of all time when she sees <laughs> Sean and Gus and the way they are dressed, Billy, I kid you not, might be the greatest moment of television. I disagree. I like it. Oh, I just I think it's it. so over the top. That's why, like, Sean, why I love it. It's so bad. Like Sean looks terrible. Sean looks oh. terrible. That's why it's so great. And what makes it great is uh, the the accent that he gives. Well, yeah, that's why it's so good. Because I'm pretty sure Sean is, um, I don't know if it's Corey Feldman's character from Lost Boys or if we're just a character from Lost, but that's the vibe I got. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, like, Gus is trying to, you know, dress as Blackula, but everyone keeps calling him Count Chocula, 
which is a great running gag throughout the episode, mm. but it's the way like Sean talks where he's like, I can't help being a gorgeous fiend. You know, I can't do it the way he does it. Cause he's got like this, this accent to it. It's just the card that I chose, you know, and it is That's so, yeah, I know, I know it's awful, Billy. It's why I'm not an actor. It's why I crack backs. No, 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 no. The, the whole thing is awful, but in a good oh. Oh yeah, and then later on when he <laughs> I know Billy, that's why <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's another line he delivers when they're at Marla's house that absolutely kills me. But this is great because now, like, you got uh, Jules just like looking at these two dumbasses, right? Mm-hmm. And and so they go up to the bar, and I love the music here and the way that the camera kind of zooms in on the back of you know, the bartender. And then when he turns around to reveal himself, when you see that it's Corey Feldman and, uh, you know, he's, <laughs> Oh, what's another thing that Sean said, or perhaps it is us pretending pretend to, to be alive. alive. <laughs> that's, a, that's good. That <laughs> Whip us up me. two, three virgin slow gin fizzes. Make them bloody Marys. Right. <laughs> Fucking <kiss laughs> And whatever stack mix you can whip up. Right, right, right. Uh, and then when, when Gus calls uh, Corey Feldman a charlatan, and he goes, okay, Cow Chocula. Cow Chocula, you must be out of your damn mind. You know, like just oh the God. whole interaction between them is great because Corey Feldman's playing it up. He's like, I will gladly serve you two. But the humans, you know, uh, you know, the human will not be served here in my bar. And then when she reveals she's a cop, he whips the wig off. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just oh, here. calm down, Cagney. Yeah. <laughs> And that's when Gus calls him a charlatan. It was just <laughs> the whole is, scene was great. This is great because we get some good uh, detective stuff here too. We get the um, the Nate Burkus thing. He remembers yep. somebody called to buy real. I was watching blood. Oprah and that guy, um, the Burkus. Yes, Burkus. Great. He was, re- he was refurbishing a Chippendale. What's a Chippendale? Do you know? Uh, I believe a Chippendale. I could be wrong. It's some sort of like cabinet. Okay. Right. I could be wrong, but, or maybe it's, uh, we, uh, hold on, folks. Uh, one of us is going to look this up, preferably Billy, because it looks like you're already on it. Yeah. It's like a uh, wooden cabinet, it looks like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's an old school thing, a Chippendale. It's not Chris Farley in a thong. Uh, no. Uh, I think it's like the design. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Well, we'll, 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 we'll put the link in post to what a Chippendale is. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, what he remembers that someone called during Oprah, um, asking if they can inquire about uh, getting their hands on fresh human bites blood. of blood. Um, and that's it's, it's, it's a theme bar, folks. It isn't really a vampire bar. It's not um, uh, from dusk till dawn, although Salma Hayek in this episode would have been tremendous. But they get they get the, the they look at the caller ID on the phone. They get a number. So now they're going to follow their next lead. And this is where we catch up to Lassie following up on his previous lead. He's at a creepy house, rings the doorbell. Who's there? Ding dong. It's Marlo. And that's my drizzly, um, you know, uh, you know, take on the drizzly commercial. Uh, so Lassie shows up. He sees Marlo there. He confronts her. Um, but she surprisingly had an alibi. It's Lassie. She did. It is Lassie. But they get a like nice little scene there. He goes in. He questions her. Finds out she has three roommates. She has no carnal knowledge of any yeah, of them. I love that. <laughs> she has no carnal knowledge of any of them. <laughs> but we get a nice reveal as well that she actually was so attracted to Lassie, both physically and emotionally. She had to leave, but she was able to recount his entire presence at the bar the whole night. So she couldn't have committed the murder. So then when Shauna and Gus do enter, 
we get another great scene where they think that she is the prime suspect. Yeah, I saw you. I watched you angrily yell at a homeless man. <laughs> <laughs> but when they show up, Sean and Gus are still wearing their fucking outfits. And I love this because Lassie goes, uh, he goes uh, to Jules, I owe you an apology. I should have been honest with you. You too. I owe you. He goes, I owe you two nothing. You look like a couple of asshats. <laughs> and this is where Sean goes, I'm dangerous. It is sexy, vague. <laughs> and I say that to Megan all the time. So whenever we see that, she always fucking cracks up because she can just picture me going, it is sexy, vague. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's so bad, but it fucking kills me. It's just, I love it. Um, and even Marlo calls Gus cow chocula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go into prison, you succubus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm blackula. You go into prison. Uh, so, and this was another little bit of good comedy here where Marla goes, well, I do have three quirky roommates named Eddie, Jake, and Lucian. Where's and then, Lucian? And then on, on sync, they would say, where's Lucian, right? So we get to the station, and this was another great scene. Just I have this there. scene probably second like to my other scene later in the show because when they enter the room, they're entering it with the chain. It's tremendous. Like the silver bullets, like they roll it at him. They throw the holy water at him. Um, and then when Jules comes in to break it up, oh yeah, her face is great. She gets down to the nitty gritty. We find out he works at uh, what is it, King Putt Putt? Yeah. <laughs> and then they're asking fucking questions about how to navigate it. So I always aim uphill past the giant memories. They're Those not aren't memories. Those are the bells on a Chester's cap. It's Putt Putt. For kids. The best part here, Sean's you can't see this at home, folks. <laughs> for those watching, he's like, you know, playing with his jugs. <laughs> he's like, I, I <laughs> it's amazing. Called the memories. Yeah. <laughs> but what I love about this is right, they roll in the cloves of garlic, right? Mm. And then uh Sean, and then Gus starts spraying him with water. <laughs> he goes, You sure that's holy water? Yes, I had Father Wesley bless it over the phone. That's not how it works. I don't know. You know how I don't think you know how anything works, Sean. And then when he's rubbing the chain on him, he goes, Man, I don't think this is silver. I paid for silver. <laughs> Man, you got hosed. Like this whole scene is fucking brilliant. It's great. Absolutely brilliant. Uh and fun so fun fact here. This is uh this is one of the first times where we've interjected a fun fact here. Meg is this is thanks to Megan, my wife. Uh, Lucian, if you didn't know this, uh, was a character in the Buffy the TV show. Oh, okay, yeah. Right. I mean, there's there is probably this is one of the most referency episodes there is. There is references out the A, out uh, the H. They also uh, <laughs> point out the fact that he has a cat. Yes, and they think he is a shapeshifter. Yes, which I love. They're all in on it, which is which is great. This, it harkens back to the uh, the alien episode. And so now uh, they go to a blood bank uh, because, as Gus says, well, it makes sense. They need blood. The blood mm-hmm. bank's a place you're going to want to rob. And uh, and but but also Sean got a, found a clue when they're at Marlowe's house about a day and a time, mm-hmm. which is coming up soon about this blood bank. Uh, and then what do we see at the blood bank, Billy? It's a classic shifting technique. It's incognito man to animal maneuver. That line fucking kills me. We see the cat enter the building. Jules is not having any of it. So they still go in to pursue. And when they go in to pursue, they see the cat. And then they see shadowy, shadowy figures. They yep. see one run to one end, one run to the other. Uh, that's quantum phase bat 
uh, vamp speed, I believe. <laughs> but they're able Blackula? to shouts out to Bacula. Oh my god, <laughs> Quantum Leap. It's it's really like it. That's another fucking fantastic scene when they're talking about like uh, him turning into a a, a vampire. Yeah. Uh, um, Never look but, a feline in the eye unless you want to become a cheese slave. Just stop it. <laughs> a feline will drink you like a juice box. <laughs> That's coming later. But uh, so they 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 are able to steal the blood and get out of there in time. And then that's when Henry makes his debut and we get a nice little Henry moment. Yeah, because Henry comes in. He's like, what's going on here? So so Jules gives, you know, her version of events. And then uh, and then it's, it's Sean Augustus. Well, at least we got the suspect in custody. <laughs> where? <laughs> and he looks over his shoulder and it's Buzz holding the cat. And Henry's Buzz loves like, cats, by the way. Yeah, and, and and Henry's just like, you 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 got to be. That. He goes, that's a feline, and that's when God says that will drink you like a juice box. <laughs> Unbelievable! Such a great line. I'm gonna I have to is, find a way to use that more. I like when Jules said she's playing babysitter. I used to yes. be a detective, but now I'm playing babysitter. And she go and Sean goes, that makes you Elizabeth Shue. And Gus Keith Coogan. And by the way, Keith Coogan was not only in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, a babysitting movie. He was also in um no no no, that's Adventures in Babysitting. He was also in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead as one of the kids being babysat. He's the kid who's like shooting dishes off the roof who says oh, the dishes right. are done. The dishes are done, man. So oh. he played two important roles in babysitting movies in the 80s. Your mom's Coogan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. You're Coogan. You're Coogan. Your, your mom's Coogan. Uh, so, <laughs> so right before you know, we end the scene, Sean looks over and he sees something. So in, in one of the glass cases that glass. was broken, he sees a fingernail. So he hearkens in his inner uh, Hans Gruber. Mm shoot the glass and they go over and they find a fingernail that is a perfect match to the fingernails that marlo was wearing so now we finally really do truly have a potential suspect here right and we're 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 almost at the end here folks right so we've been we've been cooking along but like um, this is also incredible too because we get the scene at lassie's house but they're all knocking on the door oh so that that's one of the great running gags throughout this episode so, so twice it happens one is um you know is when they go to Marlo's house the first time and they're kissing and then they all kind of show up and then now they're at Lassie's house and uh, he's trying to gain carnal knowledge of mm -hmm. Marlo and this this was great comedy here because there's it's Sean Gus um Henry Jules and Buzz right so you get five people so you get five interruptions that just annoy Lassie uh, more and more as they go on. So first, it's, so first it's Sean, right? And he's like, Sean? And then Gus? And Juliet? And he goes, Henry? And then when McNabb chimes in... Should I call for the battery? <laughs> <laughs> McNabb! Right? He just He's so mad. And this is, again, another great scene because when Lassie opens the door, he's wearing his shirt, he's wearing a pair of high black socks, and there's garters, you know, garter belt hanging down. And contrary to popular opinion, he does not get that kind of action every night. Which I love because his delivery on that was just like, guys, ruining this for me. And then Buzz goes, are those garters? No, you dullard. They're standard military issue and they keep my shirt tucked in tight throughout the day. When he calls McNabb a dullard, I'd lose it every time. 
And then the way he storms off too to get her. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Oh man. So they they're they're sitting down. They 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 pretty much, you know, you know, have Marlo dead to rights. You know, Marlo's trying to play it off, you know, like, well, you know, it's a very popular uh you know, fingernail. And this is where Henry it jumps. It was made popular this. by Jersey Shore. And then Henry chimes in with Jay Wow does wear this, which is yeah. it's almost too cringe. It's like if you said it. <laughs> well, then I wrote that in the notes, right? So I wrote <laughs> like I, if you said it around Bert. <laughs> right, right. So I wrote, let's fucking go, Henry. And then underneath that, I wrote, that's how I feel when I know of a popular reference. Like if I, <laughs> but if I was referencing, like you said, to Bert, right? To someone of like a younger audience. <laughs> like a little Uzi Vert moment. does wear those. Like that. Yeah. Would, like everyone would just be like, oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Megan the Stallion. Uh, you know, wears those when she goes out clubbing down in Miami. You know, yep. like. Yeah. Oh. Not, not, yeah. I know, Billy. I, I'm a man of a certain age. It's unfortunate. I'm right behind there's, you. There's certain things I say and do now that are just like. I'm in. I'm. I'm in that category now. Um, so I just got to embrace it. So she's like, okay, they go to Marlo's house. What do they find at Marlo's house? Billy blood. Yep. They find a freezer and inside that freezer is a pint of blood. This might be my favorite scene because yes, they force Lassie to arrest her. He's pissed that she actually is the suspect. He leaves, you know, the whole, uh, let me know if you need my help. I trust that you will not. And then they take her away and then this might be my favorite part where Sean is holding the bag of blood and he's like squeezing it. And Gus yeah. is like, get that thing away from me. He's like, these things are so up tighter than a drum. Yeah. Squeezes it super tight. And then a stream of blood comes out. And this is good slow-mo. Sometimes in these shows, you notice it in this show, Criminal Minds all the time. Like they don't pay for the expensive high-speed camera. This they did because it's beautiful. Like it's a slow, steady stream of blood. The face of Gus is amazing. And then they cut to Jules on the phone being like, is he talking at all? It's unbelievable. Yeah. And then what follows there is the my best. favorite back and forth by far. Oh, it is absolutely tremendous. And so Jules is calling it because she's like, there's been another attack. Mm-hmm. Right. So they've got Marlo in custody. So essentially the only thing Marlo's guilty of is robbing a blood bank. Right, because she can't be she can't be convicted of attacking people if she's in custody. So she's got she's got more than one alibi for mm-hmm. for at least two of these things there. So now you're thinking, well, what the fuck's really going on? But this back and forth where Sean is trying to get Gus out of his how we'll much blood it sh- was it exactly? No, Just a little a, stream. Yeah, it was it's not like lot. it was the end of Carrie or the or beginning the be- of Carrie, which is my favorite line. Like that's such a clever line, like yeah. in the way he delivers it too. Um, and then they find out that the uh, robbery was committed at, or the uh, the oh was... oh lock stock and um, uh, two toasted bagels. Unbelievable! Great, so Jules is like, "All right, we'll smack Gus and wake him the hell up and get down here." This is the best bit of physical comedy this show has ever done because <laughs> Gus really is stone faced, just not blinking, not moving. They've been playing. You know, slapping his face with his lips and everything, trying to get some sort of reaction out of him. And then just out of fucking nowhere, Billy, he decks Sean right in the chest. And the way Sean falls back, ah, it's the best. It's and the then Henry best. goes, Welcome back, Guster. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's perfect. It's so, so good. And then the next scene's even fucking, it's not better. 
but it's really <laughs> good too with the fuck it is it ron the guy who's just like yeah, yeah. uh can you tell us what happened tonight ron yeah okay what happened <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah. I fucking love that uh, game. He's like snoring while wide awake. Yeah, and the, so the best is you get shot. So I remember you texted me this the other day, and I completely forgot about <laughs> this line. Uh, <laughs> so Sean and Gus are just sitting there, and, and Gus starts to eat the man's fucking sandwich. And Sean goes, don't you dare. <laughs> He's clearly not what going to eat it, another Sean. man's sandwich? And I'm hungry like a mug. I'm hungry like a mug. You're hungry like a what? When you text me that I'm hungry like a bug, it took me a second. I was like, uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> and, then, so, and then next thing you know, the sandwich is fucking gone. And the look on Sean's face like, what's wrong with you? Just uh, I fucking loved it. So the doctor comes in. They actually get some good news here, kind of. They figure out that this guy has, uh, what is it, O-negative blood, making him a universal donor, making him extremely rare and hard to get blood. So Sean has Gus slip a disc so he can pants. go. And, well, he wanted him to pee his pants, but he lifts a disc. Uh, so Sean peed himself. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> so he goes over to the computer, clickety-clack, uh, finds out that Marlo's brother uh, has a rare blood condition, the rarest of them all. He's been thrown off the insurance. So that gives him motive in a big, big way. Yeah, so what was it Van Wilder's disease? Van Wildebrands or something, but he calls uh, it uh Don Skarsgard's disease. Unbelievable. <laughs> Shout out to the entire Skarsgard family. Yes. Uh it's it's so good. But so okay, so now in this one little scene, we get uh we get everything. We get we get the reveal before we actually get the reveal, right? So oh, and the- also really quickly, we find out that Lassie has O negative blood, making him in danger. Right. So we get we get we, we get the the how the who the how the what and the why all right here. Um and so they're now off to Lassie's house because Lassie's Lassie's in danger here, right? And so <laughs> what makes this scene great is that we you, you see Marlo's brother um has Lassie bound and and, and semi chloroformed. Mm. And he's kind of, this part actually I found a little gross because he just kept fucking bleeding out of his nose. It actually kind of mm-hmm. made me want to vomit. I'm like wipe it, wipe your face, bro. Have a fucking handkerchief with you. Wipe your face. It's freaking me out. Um, but he's bleeding all over the place, and he's going over why you know, like why he's got to do this. You know, he re- tells Lassie that his sister really does like him, right, mm-hmm. and that she couldn't go through with it, even though he was a fairly easy mark. And blah 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 blah. blah. But as the tension is mounting. Right. And you feel like, you know, Marlo's brother is about to, you know, do last year. And the guys show up and they start banging on the door, start banging on the door. And then the door opens and you see that's Lassie. That's and great. what I love here is, is there's a subtle little callback uh, or a call to a princess bride. Right. We've had Carrie L. Mm-hmm. on the show, you know, n- numerous times. And this is where, of course, Lassie would have over, you know, over time uh, built a, you know, a tolerance to chloroform. Much like uh, Carrie Ells' guy, Wesley, in A Princess Bride, had spent years building up a tolerance to Iocane powder. Uh, so, like, and I love when Gus goes, well, why would you do that? And he goes, for a moment just like this. Unbelievable. Some people wait their lifetime for a moment like this. It was really a nice little touch. And, you know, <clears throat> I think we go back to the station after that, right? And we get the whole, he really wore his whole heart on his sleeve. We get the little rock, paper, scissors for who's going to talk to Lassie. Sean eventually does spider. Uh, that does not qualify. 
Yeah. Uh, Scissors cut spider. Rock mm-hmm. smashes spider. But I guess uh, spider could walk on paper. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably Jules's weakest moment of the episode. Not good writing there, but uh, it is still kind of funny. He goes over there and I love the, uh, the speech that he gives him the pep talk. Like they're just looking for anybody, you know, yeah. <laughs> half of a civil servant's paycheck. Like, right. Yeah. Just the whole, the whole sea analogy thing to Lassie to cheer him up. But Lassie's just like, get the fuck out of here. And he goes to jail to see about a woman. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so begins the love story of Lassie and Marlo. He writes the note, puts it on the glass, you know, uh, put it on the glass. <laughs> and oh, it was, it was a, action. That's right. But it was, a, it was a sweet moment. Mm-hmm. And it's, we it's a nice. Weird, like pull out scene too. I'm sure that was very Sean Spencer. where like, yeah. you go into like a different world. Did you pick yeah. up the song there too, by the way? No, I can't remember the song. Yeah. Me either. Yeah. Like I, I, it's, it's a very, that's a very Sean Spencer song. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, it, I get the Smashing Pumpkins. The show's a lot more popular now, mm-hmm. so you know they probably probably could spend the money on to, to secure some better rights. But, anyways, that you know that that's the episode, and again, just excellence. So, what do we, what do we, what do we got after the Hollow Billy? What's that? What's oh, that? sorry, I was trying to figure out what that song was. <laughs> so give me one Strong second. Bong, bong. After the oh. holla, I'll take the loop off. Is I'll keep tonight, I'll keep tonight. You're warm, you're red hot. Red hot. <laughs> Fucking love that. Welcome Oops. to Thundercats, ho, baby. Uh, so I mean, we'll just sort of rattle these off. I threw a couple of quotes in here because uh, it was they're great, but for me, the bar scene in the beginning with Lassie and Marlo, I thought was great. The parking lot scene in the morning. Right, I told you she's blonde and perfect. She's beautiful. She's perfect. Um, <laughs> and then you know the whole you know Pharaoh, Pharaoh thing was great. I love the vampire bar. I know it wasn't your exact favorite, but like it was great in the goofy over that. It's yes. like when Criminal Minds does like the uh, Spencer and Garcia like doing athletics, and then fucking Morgan shows up, and it's all goofy. <laughs> it's like so over the top, and it's like painfully like corny. That you'll shout like. out Morgan. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, yeah. Handsome JJ. man. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of JJ, but yes, Morgan too. He very Morgan's Morgan. a better looking person than JJ. And JJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shamar Moore gets it. What, what, what oh. can I say here? Right. <laughs> and then when Sean punches Sean, I mean, when Gus punches Sean, right? That is the, it wasn't like the beginning of Carrie or the end of Carrie. Like, that is my humor to a T like the way that was written and set up is to me brilliant. And like the shining moment of the episode for me, uh, there was a lot of good stuff like that. This was one of the more psyche episodes in recent memories. I think we don't get like yeah. a nickname, but you know, most of the other stuff is in here. Yeah. And it was, it, it was a perfect use of a, um, of a reference too. it wasn't just thrown in there as, you know, one of Sean's, you know, <laughs> things. It was literally a perfect use. How much blood of, was of it exactly? <laughs> It was just a stream. Uh, come on, so get out of here with that with that bull. Uh, no least memorable moments. Uh, mm-hmm. This it was episode was a banger. Um, who was your favorite character? I'm gonna go with Jules because uh, surprises went, me. Uh, her facial reactions in certain moments are unbelievably great, and I do love her. Uh, you know, I used to be a detective. Now I'm a babysitter. Mm-hmm. I thought this was one of her stronger comedic episodes. It might be her strongest comedic episode she's ever had. Yeah, she was absolutely tremendous. I, I was I first had Lassie, then I had Gus. 
Uh, and I, I never settled with Gus just because of the, you know, just him the over the top, everything with Sookie, with Blackula, mm-hmm. uh, with, with the garlic and the holy water and the memories and everything. Like he was just perfect. But I have, I have Lassie and Thorn uh, as my close second. Thorn was um, the Corey Feldman's character. Because uh, even though just brief, he was fantastic. When he turns uh, into a uh, hey, Cagney, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, Arcus, Arcus, it was great. Uh, and Lassie, right? And so as much as we talk about Gus being all in, Lassie was all in. He was oh, all yeah. in on Marla this episode, and I, and I love that. And, and his character changes from this point forward, which is which is great. Um, quotes, um, <laughs> we got some good quotes here that we didn't get to already. Uh, <laughs> Right, right from the beginning, when the bartender goes to the Lassie, she goes, "What's your poison? Humanity." <laughs> Classic Lassie, and a pretty good line from him too. He also says something about unless I find a dead body or uh, something about a large thing of rodentia. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> oh, what was the other thing he said uh, when he's talking to Marlo? Uh, let me scroll through here real quick. I think we skipped this one where he says, uh, "Oh." Um, he goes, I believe there is little to no room for interpretation when it comes to the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, they also talk about Chuck Norris and the rush he felt speaking at an NRA convention. Right, like, which is it very is, on like, brand for Lassie. I don't know if he's also Republican or they just saw her and were like, we'll dial it up a little bit for her. But but like looking back now, knowing she's a staunch Republican, it's funny. It's funnier than it even was. Well, I think it plays I think it plays to, to Lassie's character. Character, yeah. Right, I think it was it was absolutely perfect, and and so whether they did that knowing her political views or not, but it it just it's so lassie it hurts, you know. Well, because I'm wondering if it's a little bit like Jack Donaghy in Thirty Rock, where uh, Alec Baldwin is like the most crazy liberal ever, and he plays like the most conservative guy ever. So yeah. I would be interested to see if Lassie is like the complete opposite of that of life. So. Uh, that that's that's my feeling from you know his Twitter posts yeah. and, and all that yeah fairly fairly liberal there, um, <laughs> I love this. That's like the Roadrunner stopping and saying, you know, you know this Wiley, you got this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> run me over. You're saying the coyote has a first name? Yeah, and it's not O S C A R. That's baloney. You're baloney. Love that. That's a perfect shot and goes back and forth. Doesn't doesn't that that is it to a T. That is their relationship to a T. Um, oh, but I still get hung up on the swinging memories. Yep, we did that one. Uh, oh, <laughs> let's hug it out. <laughs> I would rather learn to play the harp. That's another, that's another one that we get every once in a while. It's not as often as some, but like, I would rather, uh, you know, shower with a bear, uh, shower with a bear. I think also, Stuff I think, like that. Was, yeah, yeah, the uh, I would rather spend the day at the mall with McNabb. Yeah, <laughs> just perfect. Ra- Even Sean has one. I would rather dip my jewels in honey and go on a bear hunt. Yes, yes, which is a great one, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh, one of my favorite lines is, you know, when I'm when I'm talking with patients who have younger kids, like you know, like myself, and uh, you know, say you're on a road trip, the kid falls asleep. I said the last thing I ever want to do is wake my kid from a nap. I'd rather give a grizzly bear a prostate exam. <laughs> <laughs> so see, I'm turning into Lassie and Henry right right before your eyes, people. Yeah. I started the show as Sean, and now I'm fucking Henry. How, yeah. how the how the what is it? How the uh, the tables turn, uh, or how the turns table? The turntables. Uh, let's let's ju- let's wrap this puppy up, Billy. Let's go to that creamsicle, son. Oh man, I'm off. I'm off. I'm off. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Muffins. Muffins. 
<laughs> yeah, baby. So um, not a ton of gags. Well, we get a couple. Uh, apparently, there's a pineapple candle on mm-hmm. one of the tables. I missed that one. Uh, we finally get a description of Lassie when uh, the lady at the front of the line calls him a fucking flat Stanley. That, that might be one of my favorite yeah. ones. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Uh, so great wordplay here. Von Willebrand's disease, Von Wilder's disease, and Pharaoh, Pharaoh, and Don Skarsgård's. Oh he's got God. something called, and the way he delivers the line to it, he's got, he's got something called Don Skarsgård's disease. <laughs> it's just fucking perfect. Uh, and then a ton of references here. Ton mm-hmm. of references. We get Heartbreak Ridge and other various Eastwood movies. True Blood, obviously. When when uh, when uh, Gus goes all sooky. Um, Omar Epps in Dracula 2000. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, Cagney and Lacey, of course. Oprah and Nate Burkus, Quantum Leap. Uh, Die Hard. We say shoot the glass. Shoot the glass. Um, Sean says let the right ones in. That is mm-hmm. a vampire book and uh, horror movie. Uh, There's actually two versions of that movie. One's Swedish, one's American. Swedish one is fucked up. Um, Jersey Shore, Van Wilder. We get a little Thelma and Louise when uh, uh, Lassie is talking about when his mother became a lesbian and and he (laughs) wanted her and her lover to Thelma Thelma and Louise Louise themselves. themselves. And then that was a little too harsh and he came to grips with it. So some growth on on Lassie's part there. (laughs) I have a couple of other ones here. Lock, Stock, and Two Toasted Bagels. Right, from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yep. Um, Queen of the Damned, shout out. Oh, yes. I meant to put that one down there. Yep. Um, the scars guards, uh, J wow, obviously. And then this one was subtle and it's not necessarily pop culture as just culture reference. When he talks about the festival of lights in his chest and Hanukkah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking kills me. I forgot about that line. It's fucking great. <laughs> oh man. I love this episode. It does. It definitely does not suck. Billy, how many pineapples are you giving this some bitch? Um, going like Portnoyed, like a uh, pizza percentage here, seven point five seven. I went seven point seven. It's worth it. It's this this episode gives me the giggles. It is an mm-hmm. absolute utter delight, start to finish. Like I said, the crime, meh, secondary, really. It's everything mm-hmm. else that happens because there's a, there's there is a lot that does take place, and we get the the budding relationship between uh, Lassie and Marlo, which uh, which I enjoyed. So with that said, William, come on, son. Come on, son. Come on, son. Get that body with that bull. Uh, that's me. Uh, <laughs> what do we got coming up next week, my friend? Well, we have season six, episode four, because that comes after three. Uh, and it is the amazing Psych Man and Tap Man issue two. Um, oh, with Joey McIntyre, right? Of uh, Oh, my Hollywood. God. That's Joey McIntyre? That's Joey Mac. Oh my god, I just thought it looked like Joey Man. He's got the bull mask teeth uh, yeah. tattooed on his arm. That's my grandmother. <laughs> yeah, that's my grandma. Yeah. And that's Joey McIntyre. Real quick, put you on the spot. What do you think of this episode? I remember not loving it. Yes. But I think it's because I didn't initially like any episode where Sean wasn't the man, like the yeah. dude, like the best part. And the other guy's super handsome. Yeah, I didn't like uh, going up against my guy Sean there, like really putting him uh, down. I think I think I'll grow to like it a little more as I watch it a couple times over the next week. It definitely has some good stuff in it, like the Joey McIntyre stuff is hilarious. <laughs> so I remember when this came out wasn't a, wasn't a favorite of mine. Uh, I've watched it twice over the past week because I just kind of let the episodes roll on. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, mm. Ooh, when I watch mm, it with a mm. finer tooth and comb, we'll see. But eh, not great, Bob. Right. Not great. We'll dig in. We'll see. So, anyways, with that, Billy, my guy, my friend, my pal, where can the people find us? Uh, they can find us anywhere they would like, but go over to the hashtag Facebook, no, the hashtag Dork Shared Gooniverse on Facebook. But anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find all of us, Dork, uh, Mac and You, uh, TLDR, which is your other podcast, and your partner's other podcast on that podcast has changed my mind. I'm going to see if I can rally Rossi and maybe a couple of buddies for a uh, recap of I Think You Should Leave Season 3. Love that. Love that. Go get your egg and crooner shirt over at That's a Chunky. Uh, and then if anybody streams, they'll tweet it. And I think that's it. Where I sit in my office, Billy. So we're not where I sit, but when I'm when I'm adjusting someone's uh, neck, mm-hmm. they're, they're they're laying on the table, their face up. There's a window immediately to my right, and on the other side of that window is the green line. So I'm thinking of putting a decal of a fedora and a cigar, and I can be the chiropractic crooner. <laughs> that's pretty good. Right, even right or alliteration, <laughs> yeah. Right, the you have a big Turner. glass window when you walk into DraftKings, like to look into the studio where we do the show. And like, I do camera and I hold the camera, so I could like hold it with one hand and do the yeah, I love it. Do it, do it. The Cairo crooner, the camera crooner, the camera right? crooner. Yeah, we got it. We got it. oh, absolutely love it. Get on that. I can't wait to listen to that episode. So, until next week, William, wait for it. Frank says hi. Yeah. Oh, man.